Here's what they'll teach us. Don't show your weakness because people won't respect you. Right? Don't show it. You won't have their respect. Strengthen your weaknesses immediately, otherwise you'll be exploited or put to shame. They'll exploit you for it. You'll be embarrassed. Another one, do not associate or become friends with people who are considered weak. You don't have time for that. They're too weak. they got to be able to do things on their own. Another thing the world teaches us about weakness is that only to build, we should only build relationships with those who are strong because they can directly benefit us. Another one, great leaders don't have any weaknesses. MJ, Michael Jordan, doesn't have any weaknesses, right? And all the LeBron fans said, no, he does. But right, great leaders don't have weaknesses. They can't. Another one, weakness is the enemy to your success. You want to be successful, don't have any weaknesses. Don't, 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 let, don't tell your boss, don't tell your spouse. You want to be successful in life, do not tell anyone your weakness because it's a nuisance. It's a hindrance. And part of the, what our struggle is that we have that engraved into our mind, and then we come, in, come into covenant community as a church, and we all walk around like, brother, I ain't got no weakness. I'm not going to tell anyone. I have to be strong, have to know the word, have to quote the scriptures. Man, I just got to be, I got to be like, I got to show them that I got the goods. Right? Anybody do that before? Kind of fake it till you make it? Like, you know in your heart you're faking it. But in their eyes, you know, you're making it. But we do that. And the Lord does not want that a part of the DNA here at Heart of the Father. He doesn't want hypocrisy. He doesn't want fake people who are saying they're strong and they got their lives together when really we are extremely weak. I believe the Lord is returning for a church who will be weak and on their knees. You look at the life of Paul. Let me listen to some of these scriptures about Paul. We Paul is a hero in the faith. We we know we we run with him. We believe that the Lord used him mightily. Listen to some of the language he uses here in First and Second Corinthians. He says, "For I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling." The message translates it this way: I was unsure of how to go about this. And felt totally inadequate. I was scared to death, if you want the truth of it. So nothing I said could have impressed you or anyone else. Paul had weakness. He, was in, he had fear. He had fear problems. He says in 2 Corinthians 7, For when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, inside were fears. Inside were fears. Nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. Paul had fears and he needed to be comforted? Is that really in the Bible? 
He was weak. 2 Corinthians 10. Here's what his opponents, these false apostles had to say about him. His letters are weighty and forceful, but his physical presence is weak and his speaking is contemptible. The message translation says it this way. His letters are strong and potent, but in person he's a weakling and mumbles when he talks. How, I mean, seriously, how, you say you just preached the message and everyone's response was like, man, brother, you mumble when you talk. Your messages are not very, that good. You can't articulate very well. That's what they said about Paul as an apostle. Another one, 2 Corinthians 11. Here's what Paul says, though. He says, if I must boast, I will boast in the things concerning my weakness. Does this seem odd to you? Like if we were to gather together and we just start boasting in our weakness. Let's have a boasting party. Let's put all of our weaknesses out there before the Lord and see what happens. You guys, you guys hear me? Is this, is this like making sense maybe? Weakness? But there's something about us and it's a worldly thing maybe that's within us is where we cannot show that. God forbid you show any trace of weakness. God forbid. Don't ever do that. I mean, for me personally, this, this hits me because just growing up in sports, hey, the weak do not win anything. I remember, I remember some of the first times I played basketball as a point guard. I'm bringing the ball up to court, and like the first couple of times, this kid, his name was Brock Williams. He would literally just like take the ball from me. And I'm like, what the heck? So that he'd go score a layup, and they'd get the ball again, pass it to me. I'm dribbling up the court and trying to get it up there, and he would just take the ball from me. Like, it was so embarrassing. I felt so, I felt so weak. So what did I do? Go home, go practice, and I make sure no one else can take the ball from me again. Right? And then I get saved, and I realize, man, like, those, the Lord's calling me to, you know, be a preacher or whatever. Those guys are really good, so I need to go and strengthen myself to be better than them. Right? Or maybe that's just me. Maybe y'all, y'all just, y'all are good. Y'all don't got weaknesses. Maybe it's just me up here. I'll just expose my weaknesses this morning. But that was real. Comparing myself to this and that, like, man, Lord, I have to. Get this stuff out of me. i got to be strong. I'll read books. I'll study this. I'll study that. Just so that I can be better than so-and-so. So I've been looking at and just pondering, though, what is Christian weakness? Paul says he's going to boast in his weakness. He's not talking about sin. We know that he's not going to boast in his sin life. He's not talking about that. So what is this weakness I'm talking about? It's something that you and I, we all have. We were created in a way where we would have this weakness about us. And as much as we try to drive it out of our lives, we cannot. It's here to stay. Human weakness, Christian weakness. Here's what it is. Three things, if you're taking notes. First, it is our inability or powerlessness 
to make something happen. Weakness is our inner inability or powerlessness to make something happen. I mean, all the married couples know this. How many of you have tried to change your spouse in this area or that, and it just does not work? You try to, I'm, I'm learning it now, trying to, I, I can't get my kids saved. I wish I could just save them right now and just get it over with. But, like, if you have kids, you can't, you don't have any power to change them. I mean, how, how about yourself? You got weaknesses, change them. Get them out the way. It's like, no, you're actually powerless. You can't do that. What I said earlier, let's start revival right now. Who can do it? Who's so bold to say, oh, I got it? We're powerless. Jesus said to the disciples, could you not keep watch with me one hour? Let's talk about our prayer lives. Can we stay up just, just one hour with the Lord? And who in here just, just falls asleep? Anybody fall asleep in the prayer before? Raise your hand. Be honest. Okay. Almost all of us were honest right then and there. Almost all of us. Guys, that's weakness. We're weak. We're reaching for God in prayer and we fall asleep. Yeah, you can pace the floor and maybe that. We're weak. We try, we fail. What about your life in the Word? You're reaching for God, want to know Him in His Word. If you're on the Bible reading plan, beloved, I'm behind. I'm trying. I'm reaching. Guys, I fail. And it's, I'm not in sin, nothing bad happened. I'm weak. I cried out to the Lord, Lord, I'm so weak. Like, I've, I'm trying, but like, <laughs> what's going on? The second thing Christian weakness is, it is our limitation to know certain things. It's our lack of understanding and knowledge. You have limitations to what you know. Romans 8, 26, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for. You ever been in prayer and you're just like, Lord, I really want to pray right now, but like, nothing's, nothing's coming to mind? Happens to me often, and I'm sitting there, and I'll just start trying to, you know, go into spiritual warfare or something. I don't know, do something. But I don't know what to pray. Lord, I'm trying to pray right now, and nothing is coming. I don't know what to say. You and I, we have limitations. Jesus says in Matthew 24, by his return, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. You don't know. 1 Corinthians 13, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. We don't know. We don't know. The third thing it is, it's our susceptibility or vulnerability to temptations, to being wrong, to deception, to get sick, to get hurt. We are vulnerable. No one goes around here saying, hey, I'll never get sick. I'll never get sick. Why? You're vulnerable. 
I look at guys like Ravi Zacharias and Carl Lentz and um, Jerry Farwell Jr. And like, Lord, I mean, these guys were like major leaders. What, what happened? They're vulnerable. I mean, like, we're shocked and we're amazed that, like, oh, my gosh. And there, should, there is some shock and amazement to it, to the things they've done. But at the end of the day, you have to remember, these guys were vulnerable. Temptation knocks on their door the same way it does my door. They're weak. They're susceptible to these things. No one is exempt. So I ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians 1. Chapter 1, look at verse 26. There are real reasons the Lord himself created us with weakness, and he has no intentions of removing them. Why is that? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put, the, to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things or insignificant or lowly things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. Here's the reason, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. This is the reason the Lord will not take away our weakness and why we've been created with weakness because he will be the only one glorified in the, in the presence of all mankind. We will all surrender, bow down in our weakness and lift our eyes to Jesus. So here at Heart of the Father, he's wanting us to get in tune with our weakness so that he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. No one else is going to be glorified the way he is. No one else is going to be lifted up and honored the way he is. We are all going to be seen as weak and vulnerable, powerless, limits, yet he's the one who has no limits. He's not vulnerable. He's not powerless. He is the Lord Jesus. Here's what Francis Frangipane says. I love this quote. He says, there will be no knights in shining armor in God's kingdom. Our armor will have many dings and dents. No, no perfect Hollywood heroes will ride to save the day. Just wearied saints to look to God and in weakness find Christ's strength. This indeed is the essence of God's kingdom, divine greatness manifested in common people. I love it. Let me read it again. I love it. There will be no knights in shining armor in God's kingdom. None. Our armor will have many dings and dents. Anyone have some ding and some dents in their armor? Okay, almost all of us were honest right there. No, no perfect Hollywood heroes will ride to save the day. 
You and I are not the heroes here. The elders are not the heroes here. There are no heroes in this room. Just wearied saints to look to God and in weakness find Christ's strength. Can I tell you, it's okay to be wearied. Is that, is that okay to say? Maybe I shouldn't have said that. No, never mind, never mind. You guys should always be strong. You guys should always know what to do, always know what to say. Right? Just be like us elders. We always know. Right? We got it under control. Everything's good. Right? No, it's okay to be wearied. It's okay to say, brother, I don't know. Brother, I'm tired. I'm going home and taking a nap. I'm tired. We'll do lunch next week. I'm tired. Is it okay to say that? Because it almost feels like it's not okay to say that. Especially if, you're, especially if you're a leader. If you're a leader, no, no, no. That's the biggest no. But what did Paul say? If I'm going to boast, I must boast in my I mean, that, that, there's tension because the world says otherwise. But then we read the word and look at Paul's life, and here he is boasting in his weakness. And we're taught to, to not go that route. So I've just been thinking this past year, maybe this is what the Lord is trying to get us to see. That there's going to be dings, there's going to be dents in our armor we're going to be wearied, we're going to be tired, but he will be our strength, he will be our grace, he will be our portion. Is that enough for you? It's enough for me. At first it wasn't because I had to be the hero. I had to be the hero. I had to save the day. I mean, honestly, that was one of the first things the Lord delivered me from once I, I, I graduated college. Everyone told me how awesome I was in basketball. After, literally, after every single game, it was like this thing where they come and tell you, like, you're great, this and that. And then I graduate, and I go work a job. <laughs> That's all I had to do. The Lord had to say, Brent, go work a job. And all of a sudden, I'm just manifesting, getting deliverance from all this stuff. And he told me, he said, Brandon, you think you have to be the hero. The Lord was delivering me from having to be the hero. I went from being this big fish in this small pond. I step in the real world, and now I'm a small fish in this big pond, and no one sees me, no one notices me, like I'm just... Do you guys not see how, like, great I am? Like, come on, I'm the coolest guy. I just know all this stuff. I can do anything. And that was, like, 101, class 101 with the Lord is get delivered from having to be the hero. There's only one hero. There's only one guy who's going to be riding on the horse. He's got a tattoo on his thigh. It's only the Lord. Can, are we going to be okay with that as a church? Can we create a culture here? Can we partner with the Lord and have a culture here where it's okay to be weak? 
or do we have to be the strongest church in Lakeland, the, the best church in this region? We just know all kinds of stuff. We just got we're just we just got all these spiritual powerhouse people up in here who just can we can do all kinds of stuff. Are we gonna be that kind of church or are we gonna be a church who is weak, on their knees, vulnerable, powerless, just re- but reaching for God? Just reaching for him. Asking him to move. I'm telling you, if we start at that place, weak, vulnerable, just reaching, we see our failures, but we still reach again. If we start there, the, the place where the Lord's going to take us is going to be really powerful. It's going to be powerful. It'll be so powerful that no man will be able to glory in it. No man's going to come up and say, hey, like, <laughs> I did that. It was right here. I did it all. But I really feel like the Lord is trying to get us to realize how weak we are. But we don't want to. Like, we avoid it. We avoid the conversation. He has power for us. He has strength for us. He has grace for us. But we need to realize how weak we are. If we start there, we will progress into greater things. As I've studied God's word and sought his heart, I believe one of the distinguishing marks of God's true ecclesia on the earth is weakness. And this ecclesia will be an army clothed in God's true strength, power, and grace because they are in tune with how great their weakness is and how desperately they need their God and his presence. And God will show up on their behalf and perform mighty acts through them. Did he not perform mighty acts through Moses, who had a stuttering problem? David, who was the least in his family? Jeremiah, who was a youth kid? And what about Peter and John, who were untrained, uneducated men? Maybe that's what he's looking for. We're way too strong in here. We are way too strong. We know way too much. We have way too much strength. We think nothing can touch us. We're untouchable. And I I just feel like the Lord wants to look upon us and see ones who are contrite, who are poor in spirit, who tremble at his word. That's all. So turn to 2 Corinthians 12. So what are we to do with our weakness? This is where things get really fun. This is where we're supposed to get really excited. God, what do we do with our weakness? We can't get rid of it. Look at 2 Corinthians 12. Verse 7 through 10, Paul is talking about the vision he had. The Lord showed him, took him into the third heavens. And he says, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities or weaknesses 
that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities or weaknesses, in reproaches and needs and persecutions and distress and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. There's a progression here in this passage. The first thing Paul had to do with his weakness is he actually had to accept it. He asked the Lord, Lord, take this from me. I don't want it. And what did God say to him? My grace is sufficient for you. But I thought Christianity was about getting rid of all your weakness. I thought it was about covering, being mature in the Lord, the less weaknesses you have. But that's actually the exact opposite of God's kingdom. Is that the more mature you become in the Lord, the more dependent you are on him. When you actually begin to accept your weakness, that means you're on the road to dependency in the Lord. You're on the road to abiding in the vine. Abiding in him and him abiding in you. But as long as you're strong and you, you're just, you got it together, the Lord will allow you to do that. Until you accept your weakness, your Christian weakness, only then will you experience God's grace. Accept your weakness in exchange for God's grace. One of the weaknesses that I will put out there before you, and I share these things to encourage you to, to share as well with others. If we're going after covenant community, let's be honest with each other. Is that okay? Or do I need, do I need to be fake up here? You guys want me to be fake and just put a mask on and I'm perfect and I'll be the hero? So one of the weaknesses that I, I wrestle with in my heart, and you may think otherwise, is public speaking. When the Lord called me to teach and preach his word, I knew that meant publicly. That is a weakness of mine. I'm not saying like, oh, I suck and I just can't communicate or whatever. And I don't, I'm not looking for sympathy here from you guys. But in my heart, that is a weakness of mine. I wrestle with it. Lord, if I could do anything else, I would. If I could just sit in the back or in the front or wherever, I would. But here's the thing. When I do this in my weakness, I know that God will be glorified in it. He's the one who receives the glory for this, not me. Because I, I know I can't do it. And I'm being serious with you guys. I feel anytime I'm up to preach, I start getting weak. I feel vulnerable, all these thoughts. God, will they like me? Will they listen to me? I, God, I can't do, like, I want people to have, you know, transformed lives, but I, I can't do that. Like, I, I share your word, and, like, I hope something happens. Am I being too honest for you guys? I'm weak. Another area I'm weak in is cleaning the house. Tell Allison all the time, I'm just weak. Oh, can't do it, Lord. <laughs> Any guys, anyone else? Is that just me? Let's go. Touch us, Lord. Weak. Man. It's just me? Come on, Toby. Pray for me. Strengthen me, Lord, in weakness. The second thing here in this passage, you see Paul, what he does about weaknesses. He says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my weaknesses. 
He just doesn't boast in it. It says, I will gladly. When's the last time you thought about your weakness and thought, hey, let me boast about this. Oh, wait, wait, that's not good enough. Let me gladly boast about this. Anyone ever done that before? And the word boasting, it's a picture. If you want to pick a, a picture, a Bible picture of boasting, it's, a, it's a David and Goliath. Goliath was defying the armies of God. He was boasting. So it wasn't like, oh, Israel, I'm going to get you. I'm going to destroy you guys. No, he's yelling, I'm going to destroy you. So let's boast in our weakness. Let's talk about it out loud and not quietly. Let's actually be glad about it. Like we can actually smile about it. Like this, this should be part of the culture, the, the DNA of God's church. But no, right? Because the world has taught us boasting is not good. It's a hindrance. So what if the next step to growing in covenant community is for us to gladly boast in our weaknesses with each other and simply watch God's power come and rest upon us? What if that's the next step? What if that's really the next step he wants for us? But then in my mind, I think, oh, wait, hold on, wait, wait, wait. We're in competition with each other. Can't do that. I have to look good in front of you. You have to look good in front of me. Keep the peace. What if the Lord wants us to confess our weaknesses with each other so that someone might be able to pray for you and watch God's power rest upon you? That's why he gladly boasts in his weakness because God's power rests upon him. Romans 15, we then who are
Bless. God.